Welcome back, everybody. This is the Black Watch Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Chocolate Daddy Larry Sampson, with my co-host, Destiny Johnson. And for you ladies out there who are thinking, man, he sounded a little bit different. He sounded a little bit off. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I couldn't bear to leave y'all with Destiny by herself. So I had to come here because, you know, Big Daddy's going to come and do it for you. I got one message for all the pimps and the players first, and then we're going to get into it. Man, go back to your old lady because, you know, it's real out here in these streets, and a lot of these women don't be about nothing. So if you got a, if you had a good one, if you had a real one, and you wasn't doing right, it's time to go on home, man, because it ain't safe in these streets. So that's order of business number one. Order of business number two, I don't make enough money, but I need a CPA. Because at the end of the day, we ride around tax season, and I don't know what the hell to do with these taxes, and I need to claim my father for a dependent because I pay all of his bills. But, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know how to do that yet. So I need a CPA. But other than that, we're going to get into some very serious topics. Destiny, what do you have on your heart and on your chest before we get into this very deep subject? Oh, wait. Also, before I say it, happy Black History Month, the best month besides the month of August. Happy Black History Month. I do have a very serious question. Like, what kind of symptoms are you having? Because I think delusion is one. Why in the hell would you call yourself a chocolate daddy? What is wrong with you? (laughs) You have actual problems. And I think that our listeners are starting to get on to you because you you don't only need a CPA. You need counseling. You need therapy. (laughs) We are starting Black History Month off talking about something that never seems to go away. Here we are at the top of the year with another brutal police killing. But this one has a twist. I don't really want to start the month off like this, but we are talking about Black officers, a Black bystander, brutal killing on video. And the thing that is different about this happened is that the officers were swiftly fired, expeditiously charged with murder. And that does not happen every day. And I, I, you ladies and gentlemen, I am a very toxic individual of is that I like to go on different news sources and I like to read comments. But you know, I do it because I like to like keep it leveled. And I also just want to know like what the other perspective is thinking. A lot of people were like, oh, where's BLM? Why aren't they trying to burn down the cities? Why aren't people rioting? And why aren't they doing this? Simply because, ladies and gentlemen, when we do riot and we do have to peacefully protest, it's because there are no consequences for these officers. And there was no reason to in this situation because they were fired. They were charged and arrested. Wait, let me, let me jump in. I just want to say that because I actually disagree. And the reason why I say I disagree is because there have been marches. And that's the issue. And, you know, so you hit on a very important part, right? And here's what the problem is. And I, and I, and I love the fact that because you're definitely somebody who watches the news. Because I'm aware of the protests that have been happening. I'm aware of the unrest that has taken place, right? And it just goes to show you how the media tries to create narratives, right? So the narrative that Fox News wants to create 
oh, black officers with a black victim. We don't pay attention to it as black people. Nothing to see here. We don't give a fuck about him. When in reality, there was marches and actual unrest. There were actually events where uh, there were uh, civilians and police officers getting into scuffles over doing the march. So there have been marches. So I think it's very important, right? Because you, you we've constantly gotten this ideal, because everybody always says, well, what about black-on-black -black crime? Nobody ever points out black-on-black -black crime. When in reality, we just don't get the same amount of eyes. Because, you know, say what you want by somebody like a Reverend Al Sharpton, right? Everybody say he's an opportunist. A lot of people say, say what you will. And there's some criticism to go around for Al Sharpton. But everybody says, well, where was he on black on black crime? He has a long record in history of doing all types of marches, having sit downs with gang leaders of the Bloods and Crips, all types. He has a long legacy of trying to combat the quote unquote black on black violence within our community but it just never got the type of publicity as this type of topic. So when you're on Fox News and they're saying, well, why aren't there marches? Why aren't there? They are, but you're not, you don't give a fuck. You're not looking at it. And the one thing that I will say is part of the reason why you pointed out that they were so swiftly terminated. One thing you have, right, is, and I want to say it was a black sheriff who did it. It was a black female sheriff. Uh, her name escapes me, but she was the one who got rid of them fairly quickly. But one of the reasons, of course, where they got fired so quickly probably was because they were black. It's a lot easier to say, OK, well, let's just get these, quote unquote, bad apples, because, you know, that's the that's the defense that they like to fall back on. It's just it's just these bad apples. It's from from the the back to blue crowd. It's a lot easier to say, well, you know, here here are these four or five black officers. They're the black apples. We're just going to get rid of them. OK, nothing to see here. I, I also want to say, like, in response to people that are saying that, you know, where's BLM and that we're not so concerned because they're Black officers, honestly, I think people are enraged even more that they're Black officers because- they BLM is speaking up. Because, yes, we've been, we've been at, there's, there are people that want representation, but I feel that history has shown over the years that- in a lot of cases, Black officers are way more brutal to Black and Brown people than their white officers, their white fellow officers. And I don't know if that is looking from their perspective, officers that are in law enforcement. Are they trying to appeal to their white counterparts and do things to get their approval? Or is this, you know, there's like this blue code that people say exists, which there likely is. I, what? I was just gonna say for the OGs of the show, everybody remembers when I had my buddy on the show, black officers spent over a decade on the force. And he spoke to this. He spoke to the fact that you're definitely gonna work with some people that you know, have these kind of, whether it be political links or view, have a certain view on society that's not necessarily consistent with, you know, viewing you as their equal. So if you're the type of person who's not self-assured and is not confident and, 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 and is really seeking their type of validation, then you are more likely, I always call it the little brother syndrome. And what I mean by this is all the little brothers out there can speak to this. It's like, 
when you want to be accepted amongst a group, you'll do the craziest shit. Like there used to be a joke. I think it was Corey Holcomb said it, and I don't want to misattribute the joke, but he he ever see says if you ever see a group of white boy, uh, if you ever see a group of brothers hanging with one white boy, that white boy is the scariest one in the group because you don't know what he had to do to earn the motherfuckers respect. And it's like it's like similar to that. It's like when you when you see a police force. A lot of times the notion is, well, if you see the black guy getting treated like an equal amongst the white people, a lot of times the thought process is, well, what does he have to, like, what did he have to do to show like, hey, I'm one of you guys. My allegiance lies with you. And a lot of times it's go above and beyond. So like in the context of the joke, which is it's easier to frame, he's like, Man, a lot of times that, that white gangbanger that's hanging with the brothers, that motherfucker kill you quick because he got to make sure he always let people know he ain't no punk. And it's like similar to that. It's like a lot of times a lot of black officers who are seeking validation from their white counterparts, a lot of times the the it, it's it's incumbent upon them to be like, okay, I got to be overly brutal. I got to be overly, and you've seen this portrayed in like movies like Boys in the Hood and stuff like that. You've seen this portrayal of, in order for me to seek your validation and acceptance, I got to go beyond the shit that even you're doing. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, now I'm certainly not saying that's about all cops and it was certainly not about my brother that I had on the show, but like that's the type of things that some people are, are are combating. And, you know, you spoke of uh, Fox News. There's the infamous, you know, Sheriff Clark, who, you know, this Uncle Tom ass motherfucker. But, you know, he's over there like, oh, why did she fire them so quickly? They haven't even had their day in court. She needs to back the blue, yada, yada, yada. Like going like real ham on it because, again, he's somebody who has sought white validation to, to, to such an extent where he's no longer able to be himself. And as somebody who has uh, uh, friends of all different races and who has conservative friends and liberal friends, I'm telling you, those people who seek other people's validation, you could be your fucking self and still have friends of any fucking group. So those of you who feel like you got to lie and put on in order to be accepted, you're, you're never have really been accepted because you've always had to be something else. Whereas if you were just yourself, people would still fuck with you, and then that would be true acceptance. But that's neither here nor there. What what thoughts do you have? Yeah, I like that you explained that because that gets to my next point. This is what the scenario was. But if they were trying to show that, yes, I am an officer first and, you know, Black next, I love that they are probably going to be made an example out of this is this is history repeating itself there's so many police excessive force cases that result in death that has happened and no accountability has happened whatsoever and it needs to make national news for some kind of recourse or investigation to get started but this is like unprecedented 20 days after the killing, I believe he was killed. January 7th. This happened on January 7th and he died on the 10th. So 20 days after the event happened, so I believe it was January 27th, they were fired and charged with murder. And that never happens that quickly. Usually it's months later. Even, um... They're always on paid leave and all this other Yes, they're always on paid leave. There's an internal investigation. The FBI has to intervene and do their investigation. And 
four black officers that feel like this and you feel like you need to go the extra mile to show that you you bleed blue or whatever like i want you to see that at the end of the day you are black and i am like almost 95 percent certain that they are going to get the most harshest punishment like i just feel that because how dare you to think that you can separate yourself from being black. Like you cannot. And, and, and I Jesse, I think it's so fitting that you say that because like, think about it traditionally, right? You are so often, the, and, and I don't want to say, you, and you know me, I'm not, I'm not coming for you personally, mm -hmm. but like the, the, the theoretical you, the, the, I, if I wasn't Jesse Johnson, I'm another you, right? You are so likely to be the, Oh, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the other black people, right? You come from you like you know you're you're light you're lighter complected. You're well educated. You're in a respected profession. You know you're very articulate. You're you're a, a pretty person. You have all these qualities, right? Well, as the the quote in a lot of black literature as the the exceptional black person. It's like oh you're you're not them, right? You're not one of them. And I think it's very fitting. And, and people could say the same thing about myself, right? It's like when you don't necessarily, there, there comes a point in time when a lot of Black people's lives where you have to pick. And what I mean by what you have to pick, right? If people who are similarly situated to us, is like, am I going to lead my life seeking the validation of others and kind of being the Candace Owens type where I'm, where I'm kind of, you know, living in a world where I'm just, I'm on my knees the entire time just seeking white validation. Or am I going to stay true to myself, right? Am I going to be, you know, I don't want to say pro-black, but am I just going to be true, my, true to my character and still be able to be amongst everybody? You know what I'm saying? And and the reason why I say that is because you you hit the nail on the head, right? They, they've been operating under this notion that they could act with impunity, right? Because I'm a police officer. I'm a police officer before I'm even black. Not to realize that nigga, they about to fry y'all black asses. <laughs> because you're still black at the end of the day. They understand that you're a police officer. Because you're black first and you're politically convenient. Mar Margie Green Taylor, whatever the fuck her name is, that far right, you know, political nut, she even said, oh my God, what happened was horrible. Police brutality, but I think this is a bigger sign of black on black crime and yada yada. So as far loony Trumpster right person, she's quick to condemn the police brutality that she thought was a figment of our imagination when it's these black black police officers. But now it's it's not because they're police officers; it was because they were black, and we all know niggas gonna do what niggas gonna do, and that's what my that. So it's like. Oh, that's the point. That's the point that they're going to always use this and be like, no, when it's wrong, we did. We convicted these officers. We fired them right away. And it's like it's setting the movement back, essentially, because, hey, you are black. You're making it worse. And I think that black people were even more outraged about it because it's like now they're really not hearing us because for some reason, like you feel like you can you're superior than well, another thing is like that you also touched on a little bit is that there is classisms within every race. 
and it's not okay. It's never been my personality to ever feel like I'm just so much better than anyone. Unless like you step to me, like, like it, like there's been times. I'm glad you made the caveat. Cause I, I, I would call you out. I, I literally try my best to treat everybody right. But once you disrespect me, then we got to get into it. But I mean, that's a whole different story in a different day. And that's a whole nother family episode that we have to get into because I know that's what you wanted to touch on. But I just, I don't, I don't consider myself to any party. I definitely have friends that have different um, viewpoints than me about different political issues, um, legal issues, policies, whatever. I don't ever feel that I'm better than anyone or superior than anyone, or because I do recognize that I do have some privileges and I did grow up with, even though I'm not white, more privileged than other people and I never look at myself as better than anyone and also in the same sense as I never ever felt that I had to suck up or receive any validation from anybody I'm definitely a person that I will sit by myself I will eat by myself I will go out by myself I don't care if you're my boss's boss's boss I will treat you like the janitor I've always been that way I don't care and I really loathe people that suck up in like workplaces or to friends or groups or people or celebrities because I don't know they feel like they're going to benefit from it I'm not that person Here's one thing I want to say, and I don't want to get too far off topic. That is why I've always had so much respect, irrespective of his game, of a LeBron James, right? He was in the same position that Michael Jordan was in. But Michael Jordan took this kind of apolitical stance where he's like, well, Republicans buy sneakers too. I just want to be universally loved. I don't want to come out with these strong opinions because I don't want to alienate a segment of society. And one thing I've always given credit to LeBron about Right, right, wrong, in the middle. He's never made it a point to say, I still have to seek the validation of others so I don't want to rock the boat. And like I said, this is a guy who didn't go to college. And I don't want to say going to college is what makes you educated. So that's certainly not what I'm saying because he's an educated brother in his own right. But there's a lot of times where I feel like he may not understand the nuance of, of a particular issue. But I've always respected how unapologetic and how unafraid he is and his willingness to take a fucking stand on a particular issue. Because the reason why I respect that is because he's like, motherfuckers still going to buy my shoes. I'm still going to be loved by motherfuckers for and what I And you feel I like do. I'm the GOAT, period. I yeah. am a billionaire. But, but I'm not I'm not finna get on my knees. I'm about to come to... I'm about to come to every game with my black wife sitting in the in the front of the stands and my beautiful black kids. And I'm going to be I'm going to be BLM to the day I die. I'm going to call out racism when I'm seeing it. I'm going to be, you know, pro black in the most unapologetic way. And I'm not going to live on my fucking knees. And I'm not saying that's what Jordan did. But and like I said, I certainly don't want to get off too uh, too much of topic. But it's like, like I said, it comes to a point where this quote-unquote exceptional black person, right? It's the always the view. You have to pick. And that's why I felt so bad for Obama because he was uniquely in a position where he really couldn't pick because he would have never been president. He would have never been president if he was overtly one way. And I always felt he did way more than I thought he could do in that position. Yet black people, uh, and I'm I'm calling black people out, 
I feel like we were overly critical of Obama in a lot of in a lot of quarters of our of our community. And it's like, well, why didn't he do this? And why didn't he do that? And why didn't he do that? And I'm like, do you not know what it's like to operate under certain constraints? And even the little, the little hand that he held out, like during the Trayvon Martin um funeral or it was something towards Trayvon Martin and he made um he addressed the nation and he was like that could have been my son the white people lost their fucking minds like excuse me how dare you say that that wouldn't be your son your kids are at Harvard and it's like if he even tries to relate himself to what we're doing a little bit, like they lose it. And I also want to say like, yes, like he only did what he could do. And I feel like a big part of him going into office was that he was biracial too. But I mean, that's, uh, absolutely. Getting, a whole nother, that's getting into a whole nother topic. Like there's so much racism in our nation. And I just want the people to know that this whole situation was messed up and it was literally like no matter what we do to try to reform police in the community it keeps getting worse like we've all enacted they are required to wear a body-worn camera like they know how to manipulate it like I don't want to I know that there's so much trauma and a lot of people refuse to watch the video but I'm just one of those people that I have to see everything like I have to know I have to know and I watched it and like yes there people this is another thing I want to respond to yes at some point he was resisting, but legally by law, if you are stopped and he's clearly in custody because they pulled him out of his car, they have like weapons drawn him on the ground. And he said, what did I do? What am I being stopped for and not getting an answer? Like he, I feel like he's completely justified for getting up and walking away. Like they were looking to murder you for no reason. He had no idea what he did. And they are saying that the probable cause that they had to stop him was reckless driving. There's been no evidence of him recklessly driving whatsoever. He's been a few blocks from his mother's house. He did run at one point. I guess what pissed them off is because they were trying to like spray some kind of- um, Pepper spray? Yes, at him. And I think they're so fucking stupid. They sprayed themselves. So that pissed them off. So they're running after him and they catch up with him. And then they're like, you know, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. Over and here's the thing. And here's the thing. That's and I, speculation, but like, that's what's making the yeah. most sense right now. Yeah, but here's the thing. And this is one thing that I will say. There's always been this element within the law of uh, a proportionality. And I'm not saying it's that part of the law is applicable here, right? But any times you, you look at self-defense more generally, there's this idea is like, did you use proportional force to the threat, right? You guys have to remember, and certainly maybe they're not aware of this information at the time. And I give them that. This guy was 6'3", 140 something pounds. That's five pounds more than me. I'm little. No, That's but what crazy. I'm saying, do you know how skinny you have to be to be 6'3"? I know. 140 pounds. That's almost the same weight as me, but a whole foot taller than me. And so, and this is what I'm going to say. And a lot of people are like, wow, that's really light. And you know why he was that light? It's because he had Crohn's disease. So you have somebody who's, I don't want to say they're sick, but they have a disease, right? And that, that makes it very difficult for them to gain weight, right? And to the point that they're 6'3", and and they're that light. I'm like six three is tall. That's that's an NBA point guard. That's an NBA shooting guard. 
Six three is very tall. For you to be that light, you are frail. And there would be five, five officers on the scene. And that are for, almost equally the same height as him, but much larger. And for, wait, what did you say? I said they're almost equally the same height as him. Like yeah. I think three of them were like six feet. And, and for them to beat on him, right? We got a 6'3", 140-some pound guy. And for five officers to feel the need to beat this man, right? Literally taking turns, like beating him while they were restraining him at the same time. Like using him as a human punching bag. A lot of people are comparing this to Rodney King and I think that it's so justified. But I mean, it's worse because he died at the end. Rodney King survived. It's yeah. just crazy. And, and, and here's the thing. This this is a dude, that, and I don't even want to say dude. Tyree Nichols, man, he was a dad. That's somebody's dad right there. Somebody's son. Somebody's son. He called out for his mom. And like I said, for those of you who don't know the facts, this happened all in Memphis, right? So it's like, and it just goes to show. And I actually, I don't want to say I like the fact that I was five police officer, but I love the fact that it just so, it, it, it points to, the nature of policing itself, right? Because everybody thinks it's just like, oh, it's this white and black thing and we only want to make it a racial thing. No, it's the problem with policing. And here's the thing, right? Is these people get drunk with power, right? Because again, I tell everybody, police officers are a microcosm, right? of society as a whole, right? Who becomes police officer? That same nigga who struggled with reading in your in, in, in your your middle school class. That motherfucker can become a police officer. That same motherfucker who was running around doing pranks in high school can be a police officer. And it's that, usually the guy that who's bullied in high school. No, no but what I'm saying, the valedictorian might become a police officer, right? So you get so many different members of the community who ultimately become police officers. So Probably I say that's not the valedictorian. They don't. No, but but they but that cut out. You know, less <laughs> likely. But literally, what I'm saying is anybody you went to school with, because so often I feel like we as a society act like police officers were dropped out of the sky from God and ordained as these people who were, were beyond, you know, being shitty people. And I'm saying, like, the same people who became police officers were the same motherfuckers who became, you know, barbers and, you know, in this industry or in that industry or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they're all just people. The problem is, right, is you get these ordinary people and then you get a destructive system that they become a part of. And then you get them having all of this power. And then it ends up, in a lot of cases, creating these type of results. Because you get these people who are drunk with power, who do these crazy ass fucking things. And that's what we're saying when we say it's systematic. People want to say bad apples, but it's like you can have a good person get drunk with power on the police force and do things that are unbecoming of the role we as a society really want to give police officers. And like I said, I respect the profession. I don't think police officers like the police force should be abolished, but I'm saying without reform, the way it's presently constructed, 
is going to lead to results like this more often than we like to think. Yeah, for sure. And it's just so sad. It's really sad that families have to endure this and then watch it and it be all over social media. And then that people always try to find a way Rumors. to justify things that are just obviously blatantly wrong. And to bring political stuff into it, it's really sad. And I just want this case to be the example. I want these black officers to be buried under the jail. Absolutely. I don't think that they should get a lighter sentence because they're black. No way. But also, because this won't be the last time that this happens, the next time that it happens, and the next time that it so happens to be a white officer, I want them to be treated the same exact way. They have 20 days now to make a decision for, especially if it's on video, what are we talking about? Charge them with murder and six other aggravating factors to go along with it. Like this should be the precedent now. It shouldn't take two years to investigate. Everybody's desensitized to it and this should not be normal. And yeah, the reason why we talked about this again and I'm so upset that we have to bring this in to Black History Month is because, you know, unfortunately it was different players here and it doesn't matter who it is like we need to value human life differently everybody does no matter who you are and just because you're black doesn't mean that your life should be valued any less than anyone else and that's that thank y'all for joining us um we'll catch up with you next week all right thanks you guys for listening and if you haven't already please like and subscribe to our podcast i am destiny johnson i'm larry sampson thanks for joining us and remember we said that shit and we meant that shit